Let us know. Welcome, everyone. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right, leave that in. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the premiere debut episode of Another Life podcast. I'm the host, Sean Green, with my fellow co-host, Ryan McKee. Hello. And Ronald Babcock. Hello. What's happening, guys? Uh, we're at the Big Pine Comedy Festival. Woo! There's so many people here, you can't hear. They're off mic, though. Yes, they are. It's a live podcast. So. They're all off mic and outside the building, but there are <laughs> so paying, many not people Not paying here. attention, but there's still in, audience. Enjoying yeah. the nice day outside. Technically, if there are people in the same city as you, that's, that's, that's how I measure audience but, attention. Like actual audience, none. Potential audience, thousands. Yeah. yeah. Like last night's show, 23,000 people. Mm -hmm. um, not not the all room. the people fit in the room, but yeah. still they, counts. They wanted to. They just didn't know it. They were there emotionally in spirit. What's your, uh, let's, before we get into the meat of the podcast, Ooh, Ron. Yeah. Let's get an appetizer to, going. Okay. You've been, uh, yeah, let's get a little mm, app going. Yeah. This yeah. is the mod sticks the part of the Set podcast. The oh, man, I, my favorite appetizer as a child. Really? And mozzarella to this day, sticks? mozzarella sticks would beg my dad to buy mozzarella sticks. So whenever we went out to eat, I'd be like, <laughs> Dad, you know what looks good? And he'd be like, don't say it. <laughs> the mozzarella sticks look pretty tasty. Do it. <laughs> They're always the same everywhere you just fried cheese as a kid? Yeah. There's nothing better. There's that's nothing a, better to this day than fried cheese, I don't think. That's a great point, though. The high and low of Mott Sticks is very small. <laughs> like, they're... Like, you call them Mott Sticks. Mott Sticks, baby. There's a... <laughs> There's a small window. That's, you, that's they can actually, only. That's actually my improv. Can I get some uh, sticks, baby? Can I get an order of the moss sticks, babe? Thanks, babe. <laughs> There's only so good or so bad that they can get. They are like they, they are. They come from the same freezer dried mm -hmm. bag. That everyone yep. orders from, yeah. and they're just delicious. Pre Are they pre-fried? How does that work? How do they get them? They're breaded. Yeah. And, and how then does they that come work? Then they're and then they throw them in the fryer. I used to work at a kitchen. Yeah. What Pretty kitchen do you work at? It's called Mario's Restaurant in Payson, Arizona. Oh, okay. Shout out. Not there anymore. Uh, what kind of food did you serve? Italian. Oh, yeah. Was Those a, Italian mozzarella sticks. I was a dishwasher. Authentic slash Italian. Uh, I was a dishwasher, but then slash prep cook when the cook was too drunk to prep. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know you're at a Which great workplace. Which happened often. Yes. They have a backup plan for in case an employee gets too drunk. Yep. It's not to remove the employee. It's to fill in the backup employee. He right. must have had some job security in that he could get housed and still know that he was going to have well, a job. Well, it was not just one cook. There were multiple cooks and multiple... Oh, this was an industry-wide... This was this a kind of... It was frowned upon, but understood. At the <laughs> now, well, as a dishwasher, I worked the dishwasher game for a good three and a half as weeks. As did I work the dishwasher game. Um, how did... Uh, did you eat off the plates? I think that's a... We can, I, go, we can go around the room. Yeah, so this was in high school. And yes. at the time, I told everybody, no, I definitely do not eat off the plates. <laughs> But I ate the off the plate every <laughs> night. That I yeah, was right. So There's some very obvious oh like clean God. plates that are yeah. fine to eat off. What would you eat? Like there would be half a steaks that clearly had not been eaten that I would like take a fries or fair game. Fries, yeah. I just see fries. the disgusting you like wearing gloves, taking a hunk of steak. I didn't wear gloves. <laughs> I didn't wear gloves. Why would you wear gloves? Come on, Ron. <laughs> yeah, Ron, was, did you wear gloves washing? I think. Uh, no, I worked at an ice cream parlor. I worked at a singing and dancing ice cream parlor. Oh, this explains and, uh, so much. I, I was I was the dishwasher oh slash ice cream scooper. Wait, did How they still you? have you sing and dance? No, in the back no, no, of the no, kitchen? no, no. We were the <laughs> hey, keep dancing back there. We were the mongrels in the back preparing the ice cream orders at at the Showplace when, Theater. When God Long made Beach you, Island. he got your sexuality wrong. You know it, that, right? Yeah, no, I know. I would have made the best gay guy ever. <laughs> If I liked Dick, the gay community, I would, I would have crushed Dick. He's mourning the potential loss of. I'm into, well, hey, listen, how, I'm into two time. things: There's linens time. and more linens. Okay, but I did the dishwasher gig, and it was um, it was kind of nice because it was quiet. Like it was like you were alone. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with anybody else. I just would wash dishes. That's also what that's also what a psychopath would say about like, hey, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> Just like I just you like you're singing and dancing out there. I will be back here washing. <laughs> I dishes. just want to be peace and quiet with the dishes. Can I get that? I like making things clean. I'm not eating off the plates. I'm <laughs> eating off the plates. That would be gross if I was eating the ice cream, which I never did because it was disgusting by yeah. the time it reached me. My friend, the one time we were interviewing for summer jobs on like the Jersey Shore, and it was like a job fair. And I remember the guy. I remember 
the person asking my friend questions, and they, he said, uh, he said they asked him what one of his weaknesses was, and he said dealing with other people. <laughs> Just like not, you want to say anything but that yeah. in a job and interview. I thought that was my strength. Working too hard, I guess. This is a big weakness. <laughs> I'm too tough on myself. Just, Other uh, people caring, uh, okay. caring too much. Just I don't know. Too much. Showing up at specified times is a pretty big one. <laughs> I uh, I worked as a dishwasher briefly at Penn State, and yes, I also ate off the trays. And I remember like uh, I was done with the job, and I like went home uh, for the summer, and I didn't want to like. And I didn't want to really, uh, like, deal with actually walking in and quitting and dealing with that. So I was like, oh, I'll just call and tell him I quit. But I didn't know what to say. And, I w- and I'm not a good liar to begin with. So I just called up, <laughs> I called up and said that I was in a horrific car accident. <laughs> oh, my God. And could God. they just please mail me my check? And they never called me back to follow up if I was okay. They just mailed me my check. <laughs> I was wow. Like, right. I was like, okay. You guys dishwashers, dishwashers I, come I desperately need the check to pay for my medical expenses. Yeah, I was like, I'm in bad shape. I'm in the hospital. Can you mail the check? They just never called back. I once called in sick um, to, remember when we worked at ODVD? Yep. That, that gaming company that yep. made games for the like DVD player. Yep. I called in sick once, saying that I I had like a uh, that I was really sick, and then I'm sorry I couldn't go in, and it was actually just because the new Harry Potter book came out, <laughs> and I wanted to read it, and so I stayed in I stayed on the couch feeling fine reading, it. and then the next day I came in, everybody was like everyone in the office was like, hey man, so what's going on? Are you okay? Are you okay? And it, like everybody was so concerned that I felt really bad that I called in sick to read Harry Potter, but um. So what's this? What's this? Uh, game there was company? a chamber of secrets that I had to find out about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Does that is it? Is there any sort of shame? We live in Los Angeles, a town where Los Angeles has no shame. No shame. No shame. You can be thirty-five and like, hey, I'm a Griffeldorf. Like, no, come on, man. <laughs> no. First of all, it's a fucking Griffendor, not a Griffeldorf. <laughs> you dipshit. Yeah, I don't. I've never done. You're embarrassing yourself in front of no, all of our. No, I'm not embarrassing <laughs> you're myself. You're clearly the Ryan, only one embarrassing, you're embarrassing yourself. yourself. Right now. I'm setting up the trap for you to fall I, in I, that's the thing that, I think Los Angeles has gone off the deep end with the like, you're okay, I'm okay, everyone's okay. Yes. My big thing is the way people. More judging we need. We need more judgment. Shame has done a lot of great things in this country. Yeah. (laughs) Yes on shame. We, shame put us on the moon because we were so Humiliated. At Sputnik and humiliated by the Russians that we got our shit together and we got to the moon first and we know we did because we put a fucking flag on it. Yep. And we don't we're not allowed to shame kids anymore. Puritans founded this country. They (laughs) ran on shame. I think I think it's gonna come back to bite us in the ass. Right. Everyone is uh, we're telling kids that they're all okay. Everyone's a winner. They're not. You ever see uh, millennials get yelled at in offices you work in now? It's my favorite. When you have when they get yelled at for like the first time in their life. They just I work to, fall apart at their desk. Uh, so oh, it's the best. I work on a show. Uh, what show you work on, Sean? Crashly. It's on Nickelodeon Ooh. every Friday. Who hosts that? Uh, New England Patriots own Rob Gronkowski. Gr- the Gronk hosts yep. your show? Sounds really cool. That's crazy. It is. That's I, so cool. My new move He's now no is... James Corden, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime someone mentions the Patriots, I go, oh, uh, dude I work for plays for them. <laughs> <laughs> Just a nice little name drop the there. Most, one of the most famous guys oh, in yeah, the NFL. That, you know him? One of the dudes I work with. Yeah, he's on the team. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the dudes. Oh, you like the NFL? Yeah, dude I work with. He's in there. Uh, I'm one of the most, the, the most famous tight end ever. Yeah. <laughs> Hall of Fame tight end. You know, you eat food. We throw, we you know, one of the guys around. I work with eats food. He uh, plays in the NFL, actually. He actually invented food. Um, talking about millennials, uh, this we had this PA. We've had, like, two horrible, horrible PAs. And uh, where they were just like... Is there any other kind? Yeah. Well, there's so, every once in a while you meet, like, if there's a PA that tries, they immediately get promoted. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the PAs just don't try. And it got so bad. Like, I've never seen someone, it was this, like, uh, kind of attractive girl, like, really put off. Like, when you ask for something, like, ah, I don't, uh, okay, I, I don't know if we can do... Ah. It's like, no, you can get coffee. Just go outside and get coffee. She would um, actively, now, like, there's an open office in the center, and everyone has their different, like, separate offices, and then there's some in the middle, and she would sit there with her laptop open, just watching season after season of television with her headphones on, just aggressively wow. not working. Holy wow. shit. I could never I imagine like doing that. Style. That's a real power move right there. Where you feel you don't want to interrupt her watching like Orange yeah. is the New Black? One to yep. ten on attractiveness. 
she's like a seven, I would say. A Hollywood seven? Um, no, she was she was cute. She was really young, but you could tell she was just like not a Midwest seven or a Hollywood. She's seven? probably a Midwest eight, I would say. Yeah. Ooh. Wow, that's are why guys, she thinks she get away with it. Are you guys proud yes. of yourself for judging someone's physical appearance? No, yes. I'm just saying that if you're okay, what do you think? A I seven am? or an like eight, a Hollywood four or like a Midwest you're six? Not, you're not on the scale at all. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I am. They can't. They can't even put me on the. You're scale. off the charts. They can't capture on, it. You're on a bald scale. You're like a good seven. This looks good. Just quiet. <laughs> like, there is negative sound in here. There's no now. one in here, there's so of course three, there's no there's sound. There's, there's, three other, there's three other people There's in three there. humans. We have, a, we have an actual audience member. Yep. Yeah. Just walked in. Leslie. Leslie on Shout her phone. Shout out to Leslie. <laughs> and Making an Instagram picture. Oh, wow. That's oh, exciting. Yeah. Is that why your Facebook is open? I see that phone. Get on some social media. S-E-A-N. Last name Green. Do you get a lot of? Do you, do you have a lot of like? Because there's a lot of ways to go with Sean. S e a n s h a u n. It's weird. It's a very simple name, but there are a number of ways uh, you can mess it up. It's the. It's like the Kristen of the male names. Yep. And oh, I. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys this story. So. Um, yeah. I've been getting a number of people on Twitter were hitting me up. Uh, these women asking, hey, can I be on your podcast? Can I be on your podcast? Hey, I'm looking forward to the podcast. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Because I do have a podcast. It's a sports gambling podcast. And like, it, women seem to not be interested at all. And I kept clicking <laughs> on there. We will do polls. Is there a woman listening? And we'll get no response. Uh, there's this one lady... Uh, one lady male woman who listens and seems to be a fan. But uh, sometimes I listen uh, and Anne walks by and hears some of it. <laughs> yeah. We'll get residual. And listeners. then she says, Can you please turn that off? Yeah. So she kind of listens. And I was, my mind was blown. I was like, What's going on here? And I started clicking through on their profiles and seeing that there was one common thread. And the common thread was that they're all prostitutes who work at the bunny ranch. And I was like, wait, what's going on here? This is some weird trap or like are prostitutes just really into sports gambling? I don't know what's going on. And or Sean Green. <laughs> Should I have them on to break down the AFC South? What what what's going on here? <laughs> it it got to the point where Dennis Hoff's publicist contacted me on Twitter uh, trying to get Dennis Hoff on the podcast. And then I'm like, I gotta figure this out. And I looked it up. There is Another Sean Green. He has a show called The Sean Green Show. And he is oh, a no. uh, he's a black gentleman who's very into pimping. And it's called like a pimp cast. And he just has different uh, working ladies on the show and interviews them about their life, about legalized Please prostitution. Tell me you subscribe to this podcast. Now. You got it. You gotta have him I'm, on your podcast. Yes. I'm gonna subscribe to it. It sounds intriguing, but no, I haven't actually listened to it. You gotta get yeah. Make Not that, that desperate to check we it out. We should, just, for the rest of this podcast, we should just look it up and play his <laughs> podcast. Search it out and play into clips. these microphones. <laughs> oh, did she find it? Um, let's see. Okay, no, sorry. It's, if you're looking on Instagram, I go Sean T. Green. Uh, what's the T it. stand for? Thomas. Thomas, my dad's name. Another uh, interesting name story. My dad's name is Tom Green. And uh, uh, he really uh. he really got a kick out of it when Tom Green, the comedian, came about because he would answer the phone as, hello, this is Tom Green, the real Tom Green. And this was like back in high school where you still had to, <laughs> you all your calls were screened by your parents. Like yeah. imagine, like millennials have no idea, but like back in the day, your parents a lot of times answered the phone and everyone had to go through whoever answered the phone. They had to go this through has the become gatekeeper. a podcast of three old men talking about millennials. <laughs> Is not our plan. Fucking millennials. John, if you going to the podcast, uh, yes. uh, the original idea, if you didn't, if you weren't such a podcast maven, yes, the magnet that you are, yeah, what would you be doing? No, no, no. We got, you got to let Sean do the business and set up the podcast. Sure. Oh. So this is the God another, damn it, you're right. Another life podcast. And yeah. this is where we're all uh, regular dudes out in LA doing comedy, living in Los Angeles. So we'd like to explore not either, totally regular dude jobs well, though. Not, not totally regular dude jobs. Yeah. Regular dude job is like working the forklift. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like regular yeah. in the sense of show yeah, business. Ryan regular. works in the digital space. Ryan's working on the digital space for James Corden. I'm writing on clip shows. 
I just do stuff. Ron's kind Ron's of got a banana. Always on the Ron's a in between hodgepodge. things. I'm always I'm always in between things, and I'm always on the brink of unemployment. <laughs> but you're always you're always. But working, I always though. I always I get by. He's I always, always get by. It's like yeah, I'm doing this thing for a little bit. So we all got our hand in the comedy show business world. But I think it would be interesting to explore what would happen in another life. Like what kind of other dreams did you have or oh I was really good at this I could have seen myself becoming X Y or Z uh, or if this would have gone differently I wouldn't have gotten into comedy I would have pursued something else Ron we were talking about uh, Ron said he once uh, there was some early early on Ron dreamed of being a priest Ron nine years old yeah nine years old I wanted to be a priest <laughs> you wanted to be a priest now what about the priest lifestyle was so appealing on Tuesdays after school uh I, like there was a church by my house, and I remember like I had to go. There was like nobody home. I was like a latchkey kid, but for some reason like nobody home that day for like a really long time. So I went to the local church, and I just would hang out there. <laughs> and the priests, they were cool. They you know they didn't Man, touch this, you or this anything. Story could go a whole different. Direction. I know, but it's funny because there was another. If you priest. were just a little bit more attractive. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it freaked them out that I was bald even at that age. <laughs> They're like, uh, no thanks. We kind of like uh, to find our I'm own cool. kids. You look a little too old. But kid. you would go there. Normal priests would be like, what? He just wants to hang out here? Jackpot. <laughs> but they were like, uh, they would just give you sodas. Oh, okay. Like the, the lady, at the, I'd have my little desk to do my homework on, and they had soda and ice cream. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I asked him, I was like, do you make money being a priest? And he's like, oh, we get a small stipend from the, <laughs> the dioceses. And I was like, how much do you get? And he's like, oh, he's like, it's very small. It's just like $186 a month. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you get all the free sodas. $186 in a bunch of orange sodas. And I'm like, and they give you a place to live and all you got to do is work an hour on Sundays. I was like, this is for me. Those and so I just wanted to be, this was before I got into like ladies. So I was like, I just wanted to be a priest. <laughs> this is before uh, age 26 for you. <laughs> wow. My mom was Hard so truth. happy when I told her. I that you lost tall. your virginity? No. Oh. And I wanted to be a priest. Oh, okay. I didn't know. And I didn't then, know like, how close you, you were to your a mom. Little, a very priestly lifestyle for. Oh, uh, I was a little. You kept monastic. the vow of celibacy <laughs> till, until your late twenties. I was kind of a DIY priest for a while, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, I'll just do this stuff. But yeah, that, I thought it was cool, and uh, then I found out. Nah. Was there? Do you, was there a moment when you're like, I'm off the priest life? Yeah, I think it was uh, like middle school. You know, mm. when I all of a sudden, you know, was like into girls, then we're like, oh yeah, you can't hook up with, you can't kiss girls if you're a priest. And I was like, oh, bummer. That's kind of a bummer. Had bummer for the ladies. Yeah, how to make room for the possibility of ladies <laughs> there. Cleared your calendar Cleared for my calendar. Solid 16 years <laughs> and just then in case. <laughs> opportunity knocked. <sighs> More than 16. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what about you? What, uh, if you're not a uh, Emmy award winning, digital producer in the comedy landscape, what would you be? Uh, so I thought I was going to be a novelist. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ryan I, was, <laughs> oh, I remember that. I was so pretentious. You, you were, I remember you started in, talking about this on you the wanted drive to, out. Yeah, you wanted to live in New York and be a writer. I so did. I, no, and I, and I, I wanted to be, like, when I was in college, I thought I was going to be a novelist, but then I was going to be poor. I knew I was going to be poor. Yeah. But I like I, I, I romanticized it, and I, I wanted to like live in Mexico, uh, like and, uh, and like drink myself to death at age like 32, mm. which I thought was like really old back yeah. then. <laughs> you wanted to and, like, like have fear a Mexican and... prostitute where I like kind of live kind of like a Hunter S. Thompson lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, and I only I had, Some I sort didn't of watch TV. I didn't watch TV, and I thought it was like, ugh, TV. Was, ugh, so below it, and I would just read books all the time and drank. Wait, how old were you? From like 18 to, I would say, 23. I, oh, wow. I what, fully what, believe this. What age did you read on the road? Uh, the first time I read it, I was... 14, I believe. Oh, wow. So that got you at, like, the exact right moment. Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought I was going to be a writer before I'm a prettier. So, yeah, I think On the Road and, like, the Hunter S. Thompson books. Were really... now, you said you went, uh, you were telling the story in the car that you actually lived in South Bend, Indiana for a while. Yep. I went to, uh, I, was, I, was, I took grad writing classes at Notre Dame. 
uh, I had I had a writing professor. So I went to Arizona State. I graduated from there, and I had a writing professor that then went to Notre Dame. And, and I mean, think like, of all the great novelists that have come out of Arizona State. <laughs> I mean, how many Sun Devils do we know who have written wonderful books? Spring Break Capital and the uh, heart of the next yeah, great yeah. novelist. It, it is the Harvard of the Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> of Southwest Phoenix. Yeah, Southwest. Uh, yeah. So you graduated Arizona State and yep. said, I'm going to write the next great American novel. Totally. And I was like, and I'm going to do it in South Bend, Indiana. I packed up my car. I, I had a girlfriend at the time who was very lost, a very lost person. <laughs> and she followed me to South Bend, Indiana. Wow. We got there. There was an ice storm a week later, knocked out our power for like four days. Yeah, was, you had no heat. And you said you were so... I was so poor and cheap that I refused to go get a hotel room where there was heat so we would just get really hammered and pile up all of our blankets that we owned and just get under them and at did, night. Did you love that idea? Like, oh, this will make a great oh, story. Yeah, like, yeah. Just this, like, I wrote a story, like a short story, like a week later about an ice storm, and it was real. It was real deep. <laughs> what did you did you have a name for the novel that you were gonna write? Like, did you have the title kind of picked out? Uh, yes, yeah, so many names. Oh, good. I love uh, this. Let's, but, let's hear some potential names. Okay, uh, so <laughs> the the very <laughs> the very first book I was gonna be I was gonna write was going to be an interconnected short stories, kind of like Winesburg, Ohio, right? Winesburg, Ohio. Uh, oh yeah, totes Winesburg, Ohio. And then it was gonna be called Stuck, because all these characters were stuck in a small town called Payson, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Where nobody knows how to use a is bus your, is your hometown. Oh. No bus schedules were printed up. <laughs> yeah. No way out. I, I actually wrote a first draft of that one. How many pages? It was about 250 pages. Wow. Jesus. About 150 pages too long. <laughs> you came up with a good title. Weren't you joking around with me? If, if like oh, for a biography of my life, you didn't. You and John both did it. Like, uh, it really made me laugh. Uh, do you mind going up first? Oh yeah, <laughs> the Ron Babcock story. The Ron Babcock because story. yeah, in comedy, Ron, Ron Babcock goes up first at every comedy. A lot of comedy shows. On. You just have good energy. <laughs> oh, thanks. You do, Ron. Yeah. Good leadoff hitter yeah. for comedy. Uh, do you mind going up first? Were uh, there any other names besides Stuck? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember now. Sorry, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'd have to look through my notes. That I, I did like have a, a good, lot. I did have a lot of potential books in me that never got even started. Have, did you ever finish a book? That does sound like a good. I mean, I, I, like I said, I got one draft of stuck, and then I I got stuck and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever gone back and read it? Uh, or like no, parts of it? I don't even know where it is. To be honest with oh, you. Oh, really? It's not it like somewhere on a hard drive? It's it's probably on a. Oh flat, God! Were like you a, typing it on a goddamn typewriter? No, no, no. I wish. Uh, it was. It was like one of those, you know, floppy. Three and a half inch three floppy. Three and a half inch floppy, yeah. It's wow. probably somewhere. And I, I used to write for the ASU uh, paper, you know. I thought, I thought it was a real journal. journal Ryan once journal. wrote a story about pipes in the middle of the desert that skateboards, skateboarders use, and it won an award. Oh, really? Tell you honey. The- <laughs> Tell him. Tell him about what, the award what, you won. Well, Tell I won an uh, Arizona Press Award for printings under like a thousand cards. <laughs> don't tell him that. Don't tell him that part. Don't tell him about the award part. part. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. I don't. What know. was it? What was I cool think, about I it? I think my mom has that award on her shelf somewhere. No, it was like this. It's these weird, like industrial pipes that they put out in the desert that they never end up so installing they were, they were, in the they, ground. They were going to start this development out in the desert, and they had these huge pipes so that they were going to bury to bring water in yeah. out there. And then they, it just never got started. So there's these huge... So they just left the pipes. Uh, yeah, there's these huge concrete pipes. And then skateboarders back in like the 80s started going out there, and they would just skate these huge like, concrete pipes in the middle of the desert. Oh, wow. Imagine that's like a half pipe that's just like a full pipe. Yeah. yeah. It's just this that's pretty crazy. In the middle of the... That's pretty rad. Yeah. The article... Um, was extremely well written, though. That actually, <laughs> to be honest, Ron, I don't think I won the award for that one. I I won that award for the uh, my profile on the Arizona Power Exchange, ooh, which is a BDSM group. Oh, okay. And uh, I went to a number of their meetings and uh, got to watch some guys whip some girls and stuff like that, and uh, interviewed a bunch of them. And that that was the I think that was my the one I won the award for. 
but the, the, but the but the skateboarding so, one was a cooler art. But the, but you were like well respected in that community. I wouldn't say well respected, but yeah, I was there. You could hang. Got his name. So yeah, I thought I was gonna be a novelist. But now, what my alternate life is? Yeah, what what kind of uh, fantasies you got? Like I, I have a whole separate life where I split off, and I'm a I'm a football player. Oh, nice. I'm a quarterback, like a Ben Roethlisberger type. <laughs> of. Wow, this is without, a without the sexual this assault. This is a history. very alternate life. Yeah. You, you, or maybe that's part of the fantasy. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. You're my best wanna... friend, and I, I honestly would not peg you as like the first thing that comes to mind isn't coordinated. No, totally not. <laughs> totally not. Like, so you, just, you frequently stumble this, just walking. In this alternate reality, uh, my father uh, was a wrestler who went to Japan uh-huh. and met to do some sumo wrestling, mm-hmm. and then he met. My Japanese mother. Oh. So I'm half Japanese in this, but I'm big. <laughs> the first yeah. half. But I'm like a half Japanese big guy. You got that shogun blood in you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like, yeah, that, that's, that's what I got going for me. I've won multiple uh, Super Bowls. And plus you get, yeah. Wow. I, 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 the first I'm, Japanese. I, I'm kind award. of like a sumo quarterback. <laughs> the Japanese-American sumo quarterback. Yeah. I like how it's not a fantasy enough just to win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls. You have to <laughs> throw in the part about being half Japanese as well. I have backstory. Well I have backstory to make it, it even that much harder. Oh, man. I dreamed of, uh, obviously, you know, me, Sean Green, sports. They go hand in hand. And obviously, I dream. everybody always says Sean Green and sports. Sean Green sports, just a match made in heaven. Uh, Sean Green sports show, uh, mm-hmm. September twenty eighth, the Westside Comedy Theater, ten o'clock. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you happen to be in LA, or if, or if this podcast ever ever sees the light of day, uh, I always dreamed of being a professional athlete as well. But I had uh, early on, I realized I wasn't great at sports, uh-huh. so my. I had adjusted my fantasy. So my fantasy from like <laughs> third to seventh grade was to one day play for the Philadelphia Eagles as a backup tight end. <laughs> like that was, and my logic was. But even in your fantasy, yes. you were a backup tight yes. end. Yes. Wow. Because I was like, okay, you're a backup tight end now. If you just be really good at being a backup tight end, one day you can be a professional backup tight end. Like I, could, I, I could, if I work hard, I could be second string dad. Yeah. No, and I had these fantasies like I'm going up and down the sidelines, cheering the other guys on, knowing the playbook, pushing guys at practice, being a good team guy. Oh, like, man, you must. I had so much heart on every team you played on. I did. I you did. Were like I was a Rudy character. I exactly. And my dad uh, chanted Rudy at some of my football games in hopes of getting me in. Oh I do God. remember there was a point where uh, <laughs> I was carrying a tackling dummy in high school football, and because um, I, I played high school football and I just got my ass kicked religiously because I would play guard linebacker and I'm you know five nine one eighty and I, this was like just when people discovered steroids at the high school level. And so I would just get murdered by these other guys and have my ass kicked. Oh and my, my coach God. was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> That's what he said to me. He's like, you seem like a smart guy. Why are you doing football? I go, I really love football. He goes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was his. What a great pep talk. That was his pep talk for you. Oh, and uh, yeah, I love like uh, the junior varsity football coach. He was, in, he was a maniac. And, uh, I scored a touchdown once, and I started doing a dance. And there were a lot of uh, like uh, Puerto Rican and black guys on the team, and they just like lost their mind when this like you know wiry little white kid started dancing. They're like, "Oh, Sean!" Like, "Oh man, that was that was really the highlight." And uh, no, what it was, I didn't score a touchdown. It was a blowout game, and I I got in late, and uh, a ball tipped off someone. And I was just like literally standing in the right position. I kind of just randomly fell, and as I was falling, the ball came my way, and I intercepted it, and just, you know, for zero yard return, and got up, <laughs> and I started dancing, and the ref goes, you don't seem like you get in a lot, but uh, you do that again, you're going to get flagged. <laughs> just like everyone just fucking condescending me. Well, I'm going to give this one to you, because um, I'll be honest, seems like you really need this one, so... Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. You're, uh, it's like, how do you how do you know that going in as a ref? So I'm gonna work hard so someday I could be a professional bench warmer. That was that was kind of the dream. My other, uh, I also had. A, now this is gonna this is gonna throw you guys off because you know I'm kind of like a alpha male in Los Angeles. But um, well, obviously, yeah, I had I had dreamed of you are. Um, being a. Uh, like early on, especially like I was a computer nerd, like a third grade, uh, even until like early high school, I was like really into computers, like really good at computers, like uh, way Did ahead you love of my the movie time. Project X. 
Uh, no. Matty Broderick? I never saw that. Oh. Uh, did you watch Slackers with Angelina Jolie? Wait, Hackers? Hackers. Yeah, you, that one too. I watched that I one watched, too. That one too. And slackers and Hackers. No. I watched Hackers. Slacker was not an Angelina Jolie. She was in it. You better check your source, bro. I watch Hackers, and I was like, the guy going, that's what? That's not an MS-DOS loading screen. That is, <laughs> that, these movies are so stupid. They give Hackers like us a bad that, name. My, hackers don't look like Angelina Jolie. That's my like me. favorite thing is uh, when you go to Hacker movies and what they put on the screen to make hacking look interesting. Yeah. It's like tie-dye with a skull. It's always a skull. <laughs> it's like, that never crazy. happens. Uh, I also I had a hacker username. My, oh. my hacker username, never guess it, Telehell. And it was because I created hell and wreaked havoc over the telephone lines. Now, they, this is dial-up wow, modem whoa. days. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty, pretty intimidating. Cool. I think I know what my next novel is going to be about. Oh, man. Uh, my other name was the Rager Pager. Rager Pager. And I would read uh, the, like the Anarchist Cookbook and 2600 Quarterly. You were such a multifaceted team. I'm a deep individual, Ron. I'm I had a, no I'm a idea. lake with many levels. And uh, I was really, <laughs> <laughs> I just made up a metaphor there. Um, and yeah, like I would just, at like my 13 year old birthday, I like asked for like a 56K modem and I got it and I was so stoked. I was really into computers. And then just uh, one day I discovered. Uh, Weed and chicks, and I just gave it all up. And I was like, ah, computers are for nerds. And just totally gave it up. Immediately. Yeah. And it's just been weed and chicks ever since. Yeah, not not <laughs> overflowing. I mean, I was definitely it's, heavier into the weed early 20s. Did you guys ever have a job that, like, if you stayed with it, you could kind of foresee, like, oh, that would have been the thing I just would have been doing today? Like, you know, before you started doing any stand-up or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I worked at LegalZoom as a uh, <laughs> trademark specialist. So I was big into intellectual property. Could have made a run there. I've even dabbled. Could have uh, made a dent in the LegalZoom empire, yeah. for sure. I actually had some stock options. Wow. Um, yeah. And I also did some... Uh, did you cash just, them out? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you spend the money on? I uh, just paid off a credit card. Nothing really that exciting. Nice and sexy. I think if I never... If I would have just stayed in L.A. and didn't move to to New York in 2008 when I followed my now wife there, uh, I probably would still be writing uh, for game shows. Yeah, that you had was a good run. Tra- that on, was the uh, track I was on early on in LA. He would write game show questions, and you were like working on a bunch of them. I worked on Trivial Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Uh, there was a very short... Uh, that I got you on as a uh, researcher was oh. a duel uh, hosted by Mike Greenberg of... Uh, uh, with ESPN the largest radio fame, oh wow, yeah. which is the largest payout in game show history at the time. Yeah, only aired for a week, like <laughs> like, yeah. and then people like never heard of it. And then it got a second season for like a week. It, like, and it was wait, weird. how much did it pay out? It was a couple million dollars. It was a lot of money. Um, yeah, it was like no, two was, contestants had to walk like over a bridge. Five million, I think, at the Damn. time. They had to walk over like these bridges, and then the bridges would retract. Yeah, you know, so, so it was like go. this like Thunderdome esque. Wow. Yeah, and it had like audience. Like, do you remember when we got? Thunderdome. Do you remember when we got super fucked up during one of the shootings or one of the tapings? Oh, we and got like super high because because yeah. um, for the game show writers and the researchers, once the show like you were there just in case there was a problem, just hanging out, yeah. but you didn't have to do anything. So I remember getting super high, and then I went on stage and like went like right in front of the camera and just waved at the camera, and then <laughs> Ryan would take it, which is not allowed. They're shooting a no. goddamn TV show. Generally, they don't allow random people to put so their stone. <laughs> Ryan's like taking into a photo, the camera frame. No. and they're like, "Who is that guy?" And he's like, oh, "He's cool. He's cool." I remember he just like, but this is what he did. We were all sitting backstage, and we were so looking. High. We were all stoned. All the writers and researchers were stoned. We were looking at the TV screen, and Ron. Just Go, and so we're watching the monitor, and Ron just goes, "I'll be right back." Like, we were like, "Where's he going?" He walked out, walked on stage. We're like, "Oh my God, he's on stage!" And I just went away, waving. And I came back, and I was like, "Did you take a picture?" He's like, "I took a picture." And I was like, "All right." We gotta find that picture. Oh my God. We had a, we, that was a fun day at work. And then I remember they did. There was one time where they actually did have a problem with the question. Remember that? And we were like. Oh, fuck. So we, had, we had to go back to our computers to like, because you basically just have to look at your research to confirm. It's a weird art because you have to confirm that the right a answer con- a is definitely the right answer. Yeah, a contestant can contest the answer. You That's know. always, that now, I don't know this answer, but I have always, that always fascinated me, the idea of uh, 
when like on a game show they just like look off like Alex Trebek looks off like judges can we accept it and they, they never show the judges no. why not show yeah. the judges that's kind of cool because I don't the think, judges there, are, I don't just think going, there are any uh, judges yeah I think it's, it's just like some ambiguous like, thing because we I remember the one time uh, my job was like I had to research the questions to make sure they're they're passable and the one time you guys wrote, he wrote a great question about like who's the only first lady who ever carried a handgun and it was Eleanor Roosevelt, like, because uh, she didn't like to have the Secret Service, so they gave her a handgun to have, and they trained her how to use it. She had it under her, like, the front seat of her car. But you couldn't negative source, like, the other answers were, like, you know, Hillary Clinton or other people. You couldn't prove that Hillary Clinton, like, never, never had, had a handgun. handgun. Yeah. yeah. So, therefore, it's, like, we couldn't approve the questions. So, you had to, like, not only prove that the answer was the right answer, but, but you had to prove answers. that the other answers were definitely not the right answer. Uh, yeah. That was uh, so. I was heavy into that world. I met some Jeopardy writers. Uh, that was like kind of the, high, the that's you like could the have, dream I job for uh, game show writers. Game show writers. My I, buddy uh, back home, he came out uh, on a game show, Teacher Edition. He's a gym teacher, and he got on. Uh, he's a big like uh, pothead slash gym teacher, and he got on. He got on Wheel of Fortune as a uh, Teacher Edition, and it was pretty interesting. We went to the live taping. Uh, got pretty intoxicated in the parking lot before the taping, and we're aggressively cheering him on. And uh, it got to the point where my friend was booing the other contestants, <laughs> and they're like, uh, "You can't do. You we don't allow booing at Wheel of Fortune." <laughs> oh my god! And it was very obvious because, like, the I think the contestant uh, may have been Asian or something, and and then the people around us were Asian, so it was like clear that it was their family member that he was booing. Very oh we, had, we had a friend, uh, Brandon Higgins, go on Wheel of Fortune and uh, <laughs> solved a puzzle, got so excited, hugged Pat Sajak, and then the producer uh, had to come over him and break him like, yeah, you're not allowed to touch Mr. Sajak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, definitely. Uh, they definitely they like would that. not, Sajak was not happy about that. So, Ron, we said you may have wanted to be a priest growing up. What's a, like now, 30s, is there something you would oh, have yeah. like... What like it would have another been. life you would have wanted to hop oh, in now? Th this might still happen Maybe. for Ron. He's 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 got like a he's got like a fallback plan if I mean, uh, shit doesn't honestly, work out in comedy. Uh, wedding videographer. Wow, I can see so that. So close. The wedding VJ. So close. I before I moved out to Arizona to start doing a little comedy magazine with Ryan back in the day. Yep. And um, right before Miles that. Buzzle in the house. Before that happened, um, I mean, when I graduated college, I opened up the phone book and I looked to video production and I call, I called, I actually sent my demo reel tape that I made in college to every single like video production house, and then I called them a week later asking for full time, part time, or freelancer work, and I, and they all were like, uh, no, like they just, <laughs> they all did it themselves, and the one guy hired me, and I started working for him as like a camera guy. And I remember, like, just going around to shoot weird stuff, like, like industrial films and, like, uh, kind of local commercials. And the week before I left, he was like, you're leaving? It's too bad. <laughs> and I was like, why? He's like, well, I was going to offer you a job. Now, it's going to be part-time, 20 hours a week. So it's not full-time. But I was going to pay you $20,000 a year. Wow. What? And I was right after college, still living with mom and dad. So I would have had no rent. And it only would have been 20 hours a week. So I still could have worked on my own, my own industrial oh. films. <laughs> and he was I like, have some industrial films or passion projects. And I was also working for a guy who did wedding videos. Wow. And I was being his assistant. So he was just like, hey, man, you play your cards right. You might be able to take over my wedding business, and uh, and he was like, I make, and I, I thought he was doing pretty well because every day I worked for him, he took me out to lunch, every, wow. and I was like, to me, I was like, all I ever want to do is work a job where I can afford to eat out for lunch every day, <laughs> and then I was like, that's when I know I'll have made it when <laughs> I don't have to bring lunch from home. Still haven't made it, and I almost, uh, <laughs> I almost stayed because I was like, oh man, that's a lot of money. I probably so I would have been a video like producer in uh, Wilkesbury Scranton. And I would have been fucking Could killing it. it with Babcock Productions. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? Any sort of uh, alternate life that's calling your name at the current moment? Like some you could not necessarily you have the background for, but just like another, just another job. Not not some not some sort of fancy job. Just a you know like a gettable job if you really like put the time in to transition over or something. You don't have to have a background. It's just another well, fantasy. I have thought career. about this, and uh, my wife. Uh, is from Cleveland, 
and uh, has a big family in Cleveland, and she always talks. Uh, she has a dream about moving back to Cleveland one day. <laughs> By the As way, many people dream. I love yeah. that, that. That is, I love that she has a very achievable dream. Very achievable dream <laughs> you can achieve back that like next Saturday. <laughs> And so I thought, like, what would I have to do? What what could I do in Cleveland as a job? And I whatever thought, you want, man. <laughs> you want to be mayor? You can be mayor. <laughs> you are now king of Cleveland. I you guys really... could afford a whole goddamn city block in Cleveland. I think I want to be a uh, a beat writer for the Browns. Oh, oh, oh. that's kind of cool. Yeah, that it's would just be... like a sad team, but you get some like funny jokes in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could be like that kind of like the Mary Kay Cabot, and out like kind of drinking on the sideline. Like you got like the press hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man! Trying to get sources. <laughs> I imagine like. Are you the guy kidding? They'd be like, "Hey, Ryan, you want to play a few, play a few uh, uh, plays?" Yeah. I imagine. Hey, man, can I get in as the uh, backup tight end? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Can I be quarterback just for one play? I imagine you as the uh, the announcer in Major League. You can see like that's your kind of existence. <laughs> Who? Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, Euchre, Bob, Bob Euchre. Euchre. Yeah, yeah, Bob Euchre. I love Bob Euchre. The Bob Mr. Euchre Belvedere. small town Love Mr. Sports. Belvedere as a kid. I've always dreamed, and now this is kind of rekindling this dream, being out here in Flagstaff, but being a park ranger. I could just see it. I would just love, like, walking around, being outdoors all the time. wear a patch on your shoulder. Cool patch. We saw that girl at the bagel place. She had, like, a cool little patch on her yeah. shoulder, and I was like, Smart cool. outfit. You yeah. Know, nice hats. You can pull off a pair of khakis. I've following, seen you do it. Following rules. Uh, I could see myself doing that, like get, taking people on little hiking trails. Oh, just talking about fire safety all the time. Oh yeah, fire sa- hanging out in the lookout for long periods of time, just zoning out, chewing tobacco, which I, I like chewing tobacco. But I feel like a lot of jobs it's frowned upon. Forest ranger, you could you could have a out. you could have a I, cup I of coffee. For, I worked for the forest service after uh, college. Oh did yeah, you know this, that is this is legitimately would, a cool ass job. Ryan was I, a hot shot. Yeah, we were drunk last night talking about this. So explain how you got into the forest. Us. So after Service. college, I had nothing going on for me. Uh, this was before I went to, uh, you needed Notre your, Dame. You yeah. needed your Hunter S. Thompson story. Yeah, I had graduated with an English degree, which does not get you any jobs. So, uh, I'm from Payson, Arizona, and there's a hotshot crew, Payson hotshots. Hotshots are like a, uh, a 20 man person. There's women too. 20 person crew, uh, that like hikes into fire, like goes to big major complex fires and hikes in and, and digs line where uh, where bulldozers can't go and stuff like that. So uh, does cuts fire lines. So that's what I... I now, what's uh, a fire line exactly? Fire line is when you uh, go to a certain point where the fire uh, is not at yet and you cut away the trees and dig away the grass and stuff so there's just no fuel. So it can't keep burning. Yes, yeah, so it can't burn. And then you light a backfire back to the fire. So how, how wide is the fire line and how deep? Uh, it depends on what kind of uh, foliage and stuff you have there. So I mean, if if it's if it's not real windy, you don't have to have like a real wide fire. Just line. like a couple feet. Yeah, a couple feet. Okay. And then and then you take the they call them drip torches, and uh, it's just like kind of kerosene with uh with like a little uh, lighter on the end of it, and so like oh. uh, and you just drip it along the edge of the fire line, and fire sucks fire, oh. so it sucks to it, and it burns the fuel out. And then damn, that's pretty awesome. So you, so you get a fight, light fire, literally fighting, fighting fire, fire with, with fire. fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And you just like hike into these places with like this massive pack. Yeah. You guys would be out I would for like, days. It would be shape. like a 45, a 45 pound pack, and I would be carrying a 45 pound uh, chainsaw. I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. Ron saw me back then. I remember seeing him once, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> and what's crazy is what How long did you work there? Uh, two summers. And you, when you tell people this today that you fought fires, every time they go, wait, what? You? Really? You, wait, you were you. a firefighter? You. Huh. See? The same reaction when uh, you introduce Annie as your wife. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? You you're, her? you're her is husband. She, is she wow. have a mental illness? <laughs> yeah. So you must have caught her on a real downward spiral, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did, was there any scary moments? Uh, we only there was only one time we were at a retreat back to our safety zone. Uh, now explain that to people who aren't firefighters. Okay, so. 
so when you're like hiking in, you need to know, like if shit goes wrong, you need to have an area with like a rock outcropping where there's no trees or like a, a big field uh, where you can safely go and the fire can just kind of burn around you if that happens. Yeah, didn't you used to have this like crazy fire retardant blanket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you ever had to deploy that, you were fucked anyway. Because you, know? you told me one time like the best place you could find would be like a road and then just put, the, so it's like nothing can burn around you and you put the blanket over you and then you just hope that and the fire And you hope passes the fire by. just goes real fast over the top of you. Because otherwise you would like suffocate. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that fucking nuts? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. So, um, so that we are, we were in Washington one time on a fire, and uh, the wind like just suddenly changed, and we had to like kind of haul ass back to this like route, like rock outcropping, and the fire burned, started burning up to us, but then the wind changed again and kind of like uh, okay. away from us. So, it wasn't... You, are there people who do this as a career? Like every summer, they're just like doing hot yeah, shots? yeah. I mean, I still have good friends that. So, do what do you it. make a year? Like, is it something you could live off of just working the summers, fighting fires? When you, yeah. So there are some full. So most people are seasonal. And it's mostly younger, like, yeah, like, a like cool people in their 20s, yeah. you know? And they'll work for six months or so, and then we'll, like, work construction the rest of the year. Some some guys just live off of it. You can make probably, I don't know, 40 grand or something like that. In six months? In six months, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ron's thinking of joining. I mean, it's no 20 grand part-time video work, but, I mean, I'll take it. But that's what I did. Like, I worked six months, and then I went to Notre Dame. And uh, did a semester there, and then came back and, and uh, worked another six months, and then started doing comedy. Yeah, maybe show me photos from that though. There were like photos of like fire that was like hundreds of feet in the air, like crazy, yeah. crazy huge. It was fires. pretty nuts. So Sick. maybe I would still be doing that. <laughs> still fighting fires. Yeah, I mean, uh, my a job that I wouldn't have wanted, but that I could have seen my like I worked at my uncle's hardware store from age basically 13 until 20 when I moved out to uh, California from Pennsylvania. And, uh, Could yeah. it all have been yours? Well, yeah. He always wanted me to like take over the business. And uh, What was the name of the store? It's called uh, GNS Fasteners. That's crazy. Yeah. It was Lowe's. I should have stuck <laughs> with it. Uh, GNS Fasteners. And I tell stories about working at my uncle's hardware store, and he's seen me do the uh, stories. And I talk about how, like, there was a racist guy and, like, how I shouldn't have pursued comedy because I wasn't even the funniest guy at my uncle's hardware store. It was Ed, the racist guy. And he would just tell, like, just tell really off-color jokes I would just kill. And uh, I just sat there and they just thought I was a total dipshit. And, like, why would you leave a hardware store? And then I tell this story as I'm saying hardware store. And my uncle comes up to me. He's like, you know, I hear you telling these stories and I just really wish you could... Not refer to it as a hardware store. We're a fastener supply house. And he like, he's like, he was really hung up on the fact that he's not a hardware store. He's like, I don't sell rakes. I don't want some dipshit coming in looking for rakes. What if someone hears that? We need, we need fasteners. We supply fasteners. Yeah, he sells nuts, fastener and, accessories. nuts and bolts to construction companies or like high volume industrial things. So, and like power tools, but like calling it a hardware store is much easier than explaining what a fastener supply house is to the average person. It's like, I don't want some, I just want to hear the second part of that story where your uncle is very like kind of the, the thing that sticks in his craws, the whole like, calling the, what? the hardware store. Oh, like, he that's... was real. He's like, come on, man, D don't call it up. We're not a hardware store. You know that. Yeah, I did spend 20 years in the fastener supply business to be called a hardware store. I was like, yeah, Uncle Pete, but you, you realize that me explaining what a uh, fastener supply house is. It's people, worth the extra time. <laughs> it's like five minutes of dead air. I do remember just, uh, I, you know, and I thought about possibly doing it as a career, and I, do, I was just back in, I was in, a lot of times I spent uh, just in the back there, literally counting screws to put in a box, like we get big boxes of screws, and then I would like put them into small boxes and like package them up, mm -hmm. and uh, so I was literally just like counting screws basically on a scale, and just like, you know, wilting away as a human being. The only thing that kept me alive was uh, they had these uh, super sexy uh, power tool uh, calendar shoots. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. Senorita Makita, but uh, no. they are 12, no. 12 different... Uh, we'll wrap things up, Rod. I know you got to get going. Uh, 
Oh no no no! I just was checking it. No, it feels like it, it feels like we're coming to the end here. We're at forty-eight. That that feels I mean, like we're a talking solid about podcast. Fast and supplies, so for a good twelve minutes. Um, <laughs> but I had a crush on Senorita Makita, and it was hilarious because it was just all these like hot uh, Latin chicks in like skimpy outfits with like pretending to use power tools that they had. That <laughs> you could tell that there was just like, no, you're not actually in construction. You're just a bathing this suit model at the store? with a circular saw. No, it was a calendar that I looked at. Oh my and god! Had, uh, it got even fantasy- Sadder. As a young teenage boy. And, you know, you could have just gotten the calendar on your own. Yeah, I could have, but uh, it was cool to look at during work. Get yeah. me, get me, like, you know, working for the weekend. Maybe I could have worked at that drive through liquor store that I was killing it at in Tempe. Yeah. Were you, you had a good run at the drive through liquor store? Oh, yeah. I ran the drive because in Arizona, there's drive through liquor stores. And that's pretty good. And convenient. I could just, uh, and I used to have a guy come up in a taxi. With no passengers. And I'd be like, come on, man. I can't sell you anything. He's like, <laughs> just be cool. I'm like, just come into the store. He's like, come on and be cool. I'm like, I can't sell you anything. Wait, why couldn't he sell you anything? Well, I could, because he's a fucking taxi cab driver and he's oh. driving around. Oh, oh, so you mean you and you actually sold drinks? Like, or drive, well, we sold bottles of booze. I remember coming, one time a guy in a minivan came in with a Bud Light in between his legs. And he was like, hey, man, can I get a six-pack of Bud Light? And he had a Bud Light. He was like, and he had kids in his car. And I'm like, dude, I can't sell you that. He's like, be cool, bro. And I'm like, I am being cool. You have a child, and you're drinking, and it's two. I mean, it was just like uh, salt of the earth in Arizona, man. Real salt of the earth. All right, guys. This was our inaugural episode of uh, Another like Life podcast. So in Another Life, like we killed it. Is Ryan that- would be a... Uh, Quarterback slash beat writer slash half Japanese. <laughs> I really the like the Japanese, Japanese culture. I, I love like that, that random ass. Really like, you really went with it. Uh, so you have your, I picture the Lombardi Trophy next to a bonsai garden. Yep. Yeah. I would be a wedding uh, videographer, wedding videographer slash local video producer, and then Sean, I'd uh, you know. Work as a forest ranger slash my uncle's hardware store. Yeah. Well, uh, no, fastener supply business. Fastener supply business. You'd work as a forest ranger and you'd make a name for yourself by changing the forestry service fastener game. Because <laughs> there are better fasteners that are way cheaper that we could use. I could see that. Save the taxpayers some money. I could see you just standing, drinking a cup of coffee, looking at a mountain. Yeah. That's kind of my dream. That's actually right? my favorite thing to do. I totally yeah. could see that. Drink coffee and look at mountains. Yeah, it's, it's a nice way I to I think I might day. do that because we're in beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, here for the Big Pine Comedy Festival. Let's do it. Let's get a cup of coffee and look at a mountain. Let's do that. All right. Thanks for listening to Another Thank Life you. Podcast. I'm Sean Green with Ryan McKee, and Ron what? Babcock. Thanks. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a good night. <laughs> That's great, guys. Thanks. That's that was fun. fun. Yeah, that was. What years were you a hotshot? Uh... From 2000.